All right. So let us talk about, you know, um, action steps for shame. I said shame and undeserving or unworthiness. Next week, we'll, be, we'll do that because as I got into it, I'm like, there's a lot of info here. And as you all know, I like to keep these things short, right to the point. So, you know, it doesn't turn into a, you know, two or three hour thing. Plus I'll turn it into an article and if it's too long, you can't really follow it. So anyway, action steps, right? As always, what can I learn new today? How can I apply this today? How can I have fun learning this? And where do I see this in the real world? As always, put my contact, all my trainers, all the people I train, I always say do this because if I post it on YouTube or Instagram or one of those, people can see it. And I've actually gotten emails from stuff that people saw it on a YouTube or on an Instagram, whatever they call IG, when you put up longer uh, uh, things on that. So here's how you contact me, nfnlp.com or drwillhorton.com. Of course, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, I'm easy to find if you choose to. So let's start with shame and guilt. You know, what, what, what is different between the two? And it's, you know, kind of review for most of us. Guilt is something you did, an act of omission or commission, something you did or maybe you didn't do that you should have done, right? Um, uh, either one makes you feel guilty. Now, guilt itself is okay, right? Because it keeps society functioning. If people had, you know, people that have absolutely no guilt, shame, remorse, all this stuff, uh, um, you know, they, they break the boundaries of society. We, 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 we don't do a lot of things we'd like to do because we, we don't want to feel guilty about it. That's just, that's just it, right? right? Shame, though, is when you are bad. Guilt is something you did something bad. Shame is when you internalize it and start thinking, I am bad. I had a good example this morning. <laughs> I, you know, I screwed up the time. I wasn't paying attention. I don't know what I was doing. And thank God people texted me. Um, so this got started late, right? And okay, I made a mistake. I could feel, I feel a little guilty over it, you know, it's, but at the same time, it would be easy for me to say, and you see other people do it. I'm just so fucking stupid. I can't do this. I shouldn't have been, you know, it's like if you can't separate them, right? And unfortunately, a lot of us misuse these terms, shame and guilt, you know? Uh, uh, like a kid makes a mistake, which kids do, we do, anybody. Someone said this, you know, let's say I had a boss, he was yelling at me about this. Uh, and he would have said, you should feel ashamed. No, I should feel guilty. I made a mistake. I'm not going to feel shame over it because... Uh, it was a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes, right? But if I internalize, you're right. I'm a whole fucking horrible human being. I'm this, that, or otherwise. So we misuse these terms. Um, and again, the way it really gets internalized in this is you did, you did something and you feel guilty, right? Or it was wrong. Maybe sometimes as a kid, you don't even know it's wrong. And someone, you know, uh, a parent, an authority figure, keeps pounding it in until you internalize it, you know? Uh, and that's bad parenting or coaching or management, right? 
And so then it, like I said, it just, I didn't just do something bad, I am bad, right? So that's kind of, you know, what it is, you know? And so why is shame there, right? Why is shame and feeling unworthy, which we'll get into next week, um, why are they there? Well, they're basically a form of self-protection. They were formed to keep you safe and secure and alive. So how can shame be, be protective? right? Well, in some situations, becoming invisible would keep you out of trouble. So you that shame will cause you to pull in, you know, you see the, the physiology of shame, shoulders down, head down, you just feel like crap, you know, you hide, maybe blending into the background, right? Um, it can keep you again, if there's a situation where you're going to get physically assaulted, physically abused, um, especially when you have no control, no power, like as a kid or you're in a situation, um, if you just kind of blend into the background, might keep you safe and secure. Or you were, sometimes it's pounded in to not stand out under the old tall weeds get cut down. Remember, you know, uh, in our culture, especially we love to build people up so we can tear them down. So, you know, so, you know, you have to realize this. And if you're working with somebody or even yourself, you realize it was a protective measure and it got internalized into your um, nervous system. It is not a subconscious response. It is a nervous system response. There's a difference. You know, and this is why I think hypnotists, therapists, NLPers make a mistake. Right, there are some things beyond even your subconscious, and people would argue that. Right, uh, so where does it form? Where does shame form? Well, usually in childhood or at a time of high stress, and that could be trauma, and that's what we would describe as trauma. Uh, the easiest, let's say, someone has parents with some kind of disorder, like narcissism, addiction, or mental health issues right? Um, and that may lead to parents or authority figures pushing you beyond your capabilities, right? Uh, I worked with someone, they, they had a super high achieving sibling, an older, I think it was a brother, right? Straight A student, star athlete, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. And Screwed up the rest of the rest of the siblings because it was like, why can't you be like your brother? Right? Well, you know, you're not 6'3, 230 pounds of rippling muscle with an IQ of about 140. Uh, other than that, yeah, I should be able to do everything they do or whatever it happens to be. Right? Uh, or you have super achieving parents. You know, you, you try to live up to their expectations or they expect you to live up to their expectations. Maybe you just don't have the capabilities, you know, or someone else worked with somebody once and it was like, yeah, but my, you know, my dad was this, da, 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 you know, and he just thinks I'm horrible because I can't do it. And I'm, you know, and, and, but then even the client went, but, you know, I had to remind him half my gene pool comes from the other side of the family. <laughs> I'm not a clone, right? It's like, it's just what we are, right? 
So you could have, like I said, super high achieving parents or siblings or cousins, especially in a, in a smaller community, you know, um, it happens in classrooms later on, get Michelle in there happens in classrooms. You got someone in the class that's a superstar student and the parent and the teacher well-meaning beats up everybody to be like that student. Right. Uh, and you know, maybe that student didn't work that hard at it. They're just good at it. There could be that. Right. Um, and it causes a disruption in your nervous system. So it's not just conscious, subconscious, it goes one level down into your nervous system, right? Um, and you internalize something as not something you did again, but as something I am. And it's not uncommon that this happens, develops in early childhood. So there's pre-verbal, right? So it begins to get settled in. So how do you find it, right? The number, to me, one of the big ways is self-sabotage of all types, especially when it's ongoing, you know. Uh, um, sometimes you'll self-sabotage a project or, or a relationship, but if it's a one-off, you don't have to worry about it. But when it's ongoing, because maybe you're, you know, you sabotage that process because it would help you, right? But if it's ongoing, they, you know, they just, they self-sabotage at every, and, and usually more than one domain, you know, relationship, physical, uh, um, business, money, everything, right? Another one I think is when someone can't take a compliment and just say, thank you, you know? You downplay it, oh, it was easy, oh, this old thing, you know, you just spent $40 on a shirt or something, you know, and someone gives you a compliment and you, oh, this whole thing, right? Instead of like, oh yeah, it's this, right? Or whatever it is. Or you can't accept a gift. You feel guilty accepting, you'll give gifts to everyone. But boy, if someone gives you a gift, you start feeling guilty. Oh, I didn't get you anything. Well, it's not what a gift is, right? Um, or you can't accept help. You refuse to ask for help. You think it's a sign of weakness. Right? It's like, you know, it's just whatever. Also, then people will also downplay achievements. Oh, anyone could do it. No, they can't. No, not, no, no, no. Right? I don't know if anybody else sees themselves in some of these, right? Uh, but yeah, I can't, you know, it's the old Woody Allen. I wouldn't join a club that would allow someone like me as a member. <laughs> work like hell to get something, then the moment you, <clears throat> you discount it. It's like, well, it, then it can't be worth anything. They gave it to me. You know, um, I forget who it was, but there was an actor. Maybe it was an actress. It was in the theater. You, go, you guys know me. It's in the, talk a lot about that. Uh, but they said um, they always wanted it was an award. And I don't remember if it was a Tony Award, an Emmy, or an Academy Award, one of the big acting awards. And I said, what well, was funny, the day I got it, I started thinking, shit, this thing ain't worth nothing. They'll give it to anybody. Whoa. Right? Now, I will self-reveal. Sometimes I overly share. But um, 
I wanted an award from an organization, right? And I wanted it for a long time. And I would work for it, right? And again, this goes to you seek attention, but then you run from it, right? And remember something, I was at the, the event of this organization and I was talking to somebody and that year I didn't win it. And the person was there that helps run it says, wow, you know, you're the first guy, Will, that you've come in second, like five years in a row. And I'm like, I got mad. And he's like, I thought that would make you feel good. And my first response is, you just told me I'm the second place loser. You know, I'm the first place loser. I didn't win, right? Okay, fine, take that in. And then what was interesting, the next year or so I won it, right? And I drove to this organization this year, and I um, I threw the award in the back of my car and lost it for a while. It took me a while to find it. So this thing that I wanted and worked for, and you know, and then when I got it, it's like eh, it ain't worth anything, right? <laughs> um, so. <it> <laughs> You seek attention, but you run from it, right? No control over the shame response, right? You have no control over it. When it kicks in, it just kicks in. There's no conscious uh, control over it. It's a nervous system response, even more than a subconscious response, right? We always know about fight, flight, or freeze, but there's also collapse and submit, right? And so it's like, first you freeze, but they don't come out of freeze. You go into collapse and submit where you just go with, uh, you just get, you get along, you go along to get along. I think that's how they describe it, right? You'll, you'll do things you wouldn't normally do. Then you feel bad because you did things you shouldn't have done or you didn't respond or you didn't do what you want to do, which makes the guilt and the shame deeper, right? So that's, you know, that's how to see it, right? And again, self-sabotage, uh, can't take compliments. I would even throw in addictions can be thrown in there. And whether it's food, alcohol, drugs, sex, it's an escape from the feelings. And then, uh, and of course it can lead to more self-sabotage. You know, you were, you were drunk, you, you ate too much and you gained too much weight, whatever it happens to be, right? So how to help? Well, I broke it down into some steps. Right, I broke it down into some steps. Uh, the first step is is Phineas Quimby, the guy that um, a hypnotist and watchmaker in the Massachusetts Boston area. He his clients included Mary Baker Eddy and Ernest Holmes, person that started uh, uh, the two free thought people. Um, and he's kind of, if you really research it, he's kind of the beginnings of free thought, even like the Unity Church, uh, their, their first people uh, escapes me right now. But, you know, they were fans of um, Phineas Quimby. But he stated the answer, he said the cure, because he worked with health issues, but the answer or the cure is in the explanation. 
right? So if you can explain it so the person can understand it, then it can it can begin to release the mechanisms. Because usually what happens, people beat themselves up, excuse me, for having a shame response, which is either freeze or collapse or submit. So you've beaten yourself up for it. You, you can't even get into the other areas. So the first thing we have to do is explain to people uh, and ourselves that it's a, it's a nervous system response. It's not, sub, it's not conscious or even subconscious. It's an automatic response, right? Um, and again, you have to point out to, that at one point, shame might've been a very good survival mechanism, you know? So if someone's feeling guilty about something, how could, it, how, how could this have been helpful for you to survive, you know? Well, as long as I didn't stand out or get attention, I didn't upset my mom, my dad, my sibling, you know, who would beat me up for it. So when we were out and about, you know, I blended into the crowd because if I didn't, if I told jokes or if I stood out, when I got home, there was hell to pay or an abusive spouse can do it, right? And again, you see it for what it is, a survival tactic, right? You know, um, and at the time, they had no one to show them how, let me move this up, you know, to regulate their nervous system, you know. But basically, it was a survival tactic that worked in childhood or in combat or in some st stressful situation, but it's not useful now, right? But no one showed you how to make the changes, how to regulate your nervous system how to separate, I screwed up from I am a screw up. And it's easy to internalize, right? So the second step is after you explain it and say it's a nervous system response and blame it on the nervous system. Oh, that nervous system, it's, it's, it's taking control of you. It's not, you know, let's, you know, it's, and it did a good job. That's what it's there for. So the second step is you, you, you do as we would say, uh, uh, make it real, find in your body, where do you feel this shame? Where is it? Your chest, your stomach, your head, you know? Uh, what's the location of it? The color, the temperature, the sounds, the kinesthetic feelings, you know? Is it hot? Kinesthetic feelings means, is it hot or cold, light or heavy? So uh, it's like a crushing black blob on my chest, right? And then as, as they're doing that, which is weird for most people, even for some of us, um, you can ask, what's it trying to do? You know, how's it trying to help you? Well, this big black blob on my chest pushing me down is reminding me not to stand out, even though I long to stand out, right? So it's pushing me down. Then you just find out if, that if you wanna say a part of you, but if this nervous system is ready to move on, as long as you can feel safe in the now, you're not a little kid anymore, right? You're not a victim anymore, you know? And is it ready for you to move on as long as you can feel safe in the now? And for this, what has to happen for this to occur, right? What has to happen? Um, 
In fact, I, I was listening to a thing where someone talked about this and they said, uh, in our criminal justice system, it is one of the reasons um, some people really push for capital punishment, executing the person that committed the crime. And their justification when they gave the talk, if you just think about what we've been saying, when the lawmaker was pushing for it, was saying, that's the only way that the victims can feel safe is if this person is dead. I was in a closing arguments of a trial and they were going for the death penalty, you know, and the jury's sitting there and maybe some people are like that. I, what has to happen for this to occur? They have to be dead. We see it also with people begin to really stand out after their parents or the person that raised them is gone. It sounds cold, but then it's like, whoa, a burden was lifted off me, right? And maybe that could be one reason in our current culture, this is becoming more prevalent because if we went back a hundred years, um, most people were dead by their fifties or sixties, right? So they're, if they had done this to their, to their offspring, well, they were gone. They didn't live into their, like now and you know. So what has to happen for this to occur? Also, you see people just move away. Just move. I'm getting the hell out of Dodge, you know? Join the military, <laughs> right? That'll get, you know, it, it gets you away. So what has to happen for this to occur? But if they're currently experiencing it, maybe there's certain things they can do, but now you can negotiate with that part, with that feeling about what else can we do? And one way to ask is what can you learn from this, you know, right? Yeah. What can you learn from it? And can you put it where it belongs? Now, it was, it was our old, my old saying is, um, it was useful then, it's not useful now. It was useful then, it's not useful now. You know, it's kind of a play on the, uh, 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 you know, moving it in your brain, right? Step three, begin to regulate the nervous system. Explain that we have to remove the nervous charge. It's like a block in a pipe. It's why therapy won't work, why just doing most hypnosis won't work. I would argue even doing a regression won't work, right? Uh, you can't bypass it is basically what happened. It is a block in the nervous system. And all the current research, and I know Carolyn's getting into it, all the current research is backing this up, you know? And again, when you look at people that have been in therapy or, or gone to a hypnotist and maybe lost a hundred pounds, right? And then you run into them three years after that, they've put back on 90 pounds. Or the per, and I've had several clients like this, uh, that had had, back then they call it stomach stapling, now it's gastric bypass, but they'd had that procedure done, which means physically, you can't eat that much. That is just, you know, your stomach's this big now, you can't eat that much, so they drop weight. Uh, I knew a guy like that, and, you know, he didn't want to face up to what was really causing it, so he went and had the gastric bypass. He lost like 80 pounds, very fast, because that's what happens. 
But then within about um, four years after that, he put back on all that weight. And you, part of you wants to go, how? Well, he managed it. You know, he kept eating. He would eat, eating crap. He didn't want to address the 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 emotional reasons he he was eating. Um, you know, and and there was a lot of thing in there. So it and he'd been to therapy, and like I said, he'd even had the surgery. And you know, there must have been a block in the pipe, so to speak, right? So what? you have to regulate the nervous system. What we currently have are those polyvagal release techniques. There's a bunch of them, right? I would do both, a polyvagal release technique. Uh, we'll do it in a moment. Uh, is it girl? Uh, if you think about something, you have this tenant, you, where do you self-sabotage? My big thing, self-sabotage, right? And if you do the polyvagal release technique, and I would say, follow it with like EFT, right? To just, you know, if you've ever had a clogged pipe in your house, right? Um, and this happened once and we had to get a plumber in and he had to roto root the thing, right? Open it up. And then even though after he'd done that, he still poured a thing of Drano down the, down the drain, right? And um, I didn't ask, he goes, well, you know, this is just to clear out the last bits, right? The roto rooter might might block it, blow it out a little bit, but then, you know, um, um, the, the, the Drano was there to clean out the last. And of course, then he said, you know, and you might wanna occasionally drop some Drano down the, down, it was in this house, in fact, uh, uh, Drano down the pipe because, you know, it might, it might block back up. And to me, that's a good analogy to tell your clients, right? And it might be multiple multiple layers. You know, you can remove it on, on this layer, but then you'll find a different layer, right? So you wanna wanna do, and none of these things take that long. We'll come back to this in a moment, but we'll do it. Think about something you self-sabotage, right? And step four is a forgiveness or a release, right? And explain forgiveness or release. You're releasing it, you, you know, and, I, my personal thing, and this is mine, some things are unforgivable, right? I don't know about anybody else. I am not Jesus. You know, it's like there's a difference between releasing it and forgiving it, right? And I actually had to do this with some people that were uh, molested in childhood by people. They... They were like, this is unforgivable. And I'm like, you're right, right? But we're just releasing the energy of it. We're not releasing anything else, right? You're releasing yourself from the energy of it, the connection of it. Then after you've done those things, then I think we do reparenting. Or if you're gonna do a regression technique, that's when a regression might work, right? And if you're gonna if, if you're gonna do inner child work, that's when you do inner child work. And of course, the difference, I guess, would be to wrap up with knowing the difference between good coaching and parenting and bad, you know. 
And those of us that raise kids or now as coaches, therapists and that, you have to know when to push, right? And then you have to know when to back off, you know? Those of us that are fans of a, of a, of a book called Can't Hurt Me, the only thing when I'm reading, it's like, okay, not everybody can push to that extent, right? No, not everybody can push. There's a, and even he talks about a time to pull back, right? I was just talking to my friend Rich and he, he's been reading that book and his favorite part is, is that. He goes, yeah, there's times to really push it and there's time to go, I just can't do this. And what did I learn from it, you know? Because he talks about doing an after action report of when you had a setback. And then that becomes a, you know, something you can do. And again, it helps create healthy responses. Right? So let's do the uh, this part. Regulate, start re-regulating your nervous system, right? And by the way, oh, I know what I forgot to add. One way to keep it help regulated is I think that's why uh, those little techniques like doing a gratitude list in the morning or asking and asking yourself those questions. How can I do, you know, how can I be better today? How can I be successful today? All that would be the follow-up how to keep, how to keep it going, right? So now what I want everyone to do is think about do you have something you self-sabotage? Is there an area of your life you can't get there? Whether it's weight loss or making a lot of money, uh, be in the center of attention, whatever it happens to be, right? In fact, there's a person I wish I could help them because I know this is the reason they can't sober up. They'll get sober for a little while and then blow everything up and then come back, right? And from sitting from the outside, it's like, you know. Um, so, but again, first step is you have to admit you have the problem and be willing to make the change. So do you have something in your life that you self-sabotage? Right? And so let's just kind of go through the process. So close your eyes and think about this self-sabotage. Like you blow it up, you don't want you want to be the center of attention, but you don't. You want to be, you know, be in great physical shape and be hot, look hot, but you're afraid of it. You you want to make a lot of money, but you know, you don't want to get on the IRS's radar, whatever it is. You got you, you've been self-sabotaging. Find maybe all of these. Find that feeling in your body, just the feeling. Right? And notice what color it is. Does it have a color? And don't overthink it. It is what it is. Is it more in one place? Does it kind of move a little bit, right? Is it heavier light? Does it have a temperature? Is there a sound? You know, is it saying like shut up or shh, hide, quiet? You know, what, whatever it is, it is, right? And what, what are the, the other feelings, you know, hot, cold, all that, but also does it make you like feel worse? Does it make you draw inward? And now ask this, this part, this thing, what it's trying to do for you. 
Why is it doing this? And just notice that. Why is it doing this? And is it okay to make some changes as long as you can stay safe in the now? Right? As long as you can stay safe in the now. Right? And what else is it trying to do? Is there anything that has to have happen for this to occur? And if what has to happen for this to occur is beyond your control, what can you do within your control for this to happen? And one way is to ask it, what can I learn from this? And thank it because it was learned to try to keep you safe and secure. But that was then and this is now. And can we put this where it belongs in your past? Back there with learning to walk, talk, potty training, learning to eat, maybe skills you have, reading, writing, driving a car. Put it back way back wherever it happens to be. Good. And now, just hanging on to all of this, open your eyes, keep your head straight, so it's on your shoulders straight, tilt your head, don't like this, so tilt it sideways, you know, so your head is actually still looking forward, and then roll your eyes up as far as you can the opposite direction. So I'm on main, I'm tilting to the right, looking to the left. And imagine like an energy flow from your brain down to your toes and your fingers and your nose, every part of you. It's like you're running an emotional draino through your system, right? So it's gonna clear out any blocks that might be holding you back. Keeping the learnings from all those things, right? And then as soon as you do that, now move your eyes around like circles, left, right, up, down, circle one way, circle the other way. Now let's do the other side. Look up that way as far as you can. And again, imagine like an, I just call it an emotional Drano being washed through your body. Maybe from God, from the universe, from the collective consciousness, just washing through you. Removing these blocks. All right. Take a few deep breaths. Now move your eyes around again, left, right, up, down, left, right, up, down. Someone showed me this one too, same kind of thing. Just keep, just look to your either side as far as you can. So you're stretching your neck and look your eyes the opposite direction just for a few seconds. Now many people notice a saliva flow or they take a deep breath and look up, look down, look left, look right. Do the other side. Good, good. Now let's do an EFT technique really fast. So whichever hand you want, I use my dominant hand as the tapper and my non-dominant as the, as the other one. 
So tap on your karate chop point right there and just say to yourself, I totally and completely accept myself, even though I have this nervous system block. I totally and completely accept myself, even though I have this nervous system block. I totally and completely accept myself, even though I have this nervous system block. I totally and completely accept myself, even though I have this nervous, excuse me, system block. Good. Now I do it a little different. I cross my hands and then I tap my eyebrows, right? And tap right eyebrow part, tap right there. And just, let's just try this. Just say, I am lovable. I am worthy of accepting success. I am lovable and I am worthy of accepting success. I'm lovable, I'm worthy of accepting success. And then tap the side of your, the side of your eyes, right in that part. I'm lovable, I'm worthy, and I'm, ex I'm, I'm worthy of accepting success. I'm lovable, I'm worthy of accepting success. And then under your eyes, down your cheekbones, I'm lovable, I'm worthy of accepting great success. I'm lovable, I'm worthy of accepting great success. And then I do the whole old system, tap under your nose. I'm lovable, I'm worthy of, ex of accepting great success. I'm lovable, I'm worthy of accepting great success. And then that clip part of your chin, I'm lovable, I'm worthy of accepting great success. And then the collarbone, right, right there. I'm lovable, I'm worthy of accepting great success. I'm lovable, I'm worthy of accepting great success. And then just tap on the top like that with your hand, just so like all your fingers just, and now with just kind of do that, I'm lovable. I'm worthy of accepting great success. And if you want to imagine you're pulling the plug out so healing energy can come through you. And then I, I still do this one between the ring and the little finger on the hand right there. Tap right there. Take a few deep breaths. And now roll your eyes around and keep thinking, I'm lovable I'm, and I'm worthy of great success. I'm lovable, I'm worthy of great success. I'm worthy of great success. Good. Now take a deep breath and just spend a few moments with your inner self. And if you have a child, if a childhood memory or a, a couple of childhood memories came up, while we were doing this, just spend some time with that younger you and give yourself some love, care, and nurturing then. Love, care, and nurturing that you didn't, excuse me, you didn't get then for whatever reason. That's right. And now spend some more time with that younger you. And now release all the people that were involved, just release them. So imagine cutting the cords, especially for this situation. If it was a parent or the, the, someone that raised you that's still in your life, you're not cutting all cords, you're just cutting this cord to this event. And if they're no longer there, cut the cord and let them go. You can keep all the learnings 
but let it all go. Once and for all. Good. Now, take a deep breath, open your eyes, come on back. Cool. All right. Now, let me... Now, the way to uh, keep this going again is it, do those morning questions we always talk about. How can I, if you're working on a specific thing like making money, how can I make money today? How can I accept money today? How can I accept success today? Whatever it is you're working on, if you start your day that way, especially when you're first waking up, it gives you, uh, it helps keep the system open. 